Welcome, apprentices and acolytes, to Lord Dacavir's Unlock the Knowledge. This is the Star Wars podcast that gives you everything you need to know, and today we're going to talk about whether or not bringing in more expanded universe characters is a good thing for Star Wars. Ready up. Ready up. My destiny. Yeah, ho ho, let's freaking go. Coming in from the Dark Temple, visited by Mera Jade, Luke Skywalker, and Kyle Katarn, and so many other Force sensitives like yourself. <laughs> I am Lord Dagovir, and I'm gonna be talking about today all these expanded universe characters, fam. Book of Boba Fett is dropping in and bringing you more goodness from the comics and the books and the video games. You know, it started off with The Mandalorian Season 2, The Marshal, the first episode of the Season 2. Man, and that still is like my favorite episode of all time. This episode, the second episode of Book of Boba Fett, was incredible. I couldn't have asked for more. And you know I'm an EU junkie. I read the comics, I read the books, I play the video games. I can't get enough of Star Wars, fam. And I need more i just need all these characters to come on in and tell everybody how great they are because a lot of fans out there they don't read the comics they don't read the books they don't care and there's so many other reactions and commentaries and podcasts that i listen to that talk about star wars and they always say one thing and the line always gets me super butthurt it always gets me super triggered and that's nobody reads the comics nobody reads the books only thing that matters is the movies and Kind of. They're right. <laughs> you know, and, and it's sad because a lot of people that read the books and comics, I feel like they're more susceptible to being disappointed because they know about all everything else that's going on in the galaxy. All these stories, all uh, anything that's extended from the movies is put into the video games, is put into the comics and the books. And, not, and that's not saying that, you know, we're any less of fans, those that are super hardcore fans and that read everything. And then that's not saying that we are uh, more fans. You know, everybody kind of loves the franchise in their own dosage, in their own uh, quantity of, of being kind of like experiencing Star Wars. And that's something that I feel like a lot of us just kind of got to chill out at the end of the day uh, and, and reacting and comparing each other one another because none of us really have value more than the other okay it's it's all we're all on the same team we're all loving star wars we all want to see star wars and you know and star wars is only going to be successful with us so here's the deal right here's the situation like when i'm talking about expanded universe characters coming in is it bad for star wars is it good for star wars i genuinely want to know your opinion on this because i feel like yes it is. It is. It is very good. It is actually incredible because Cobb Vanth, right? And and this is honestly a hardcore fan's dream is getting these characters that we've known for years, for years, and bringing them into the expanded universe. Black Crescenton and Cobb Vanth. It, wow you know it is literally some of the coolest things that have ever happened you don't understand i mean of course you understand because you saw my reaction to the marshal but fam literally that episode when i saw Cobb Banth, and then of course boba fett was also introduced in there that he was no longer dead that he was there for a long time and that was a star wars mystery that have gone on literally since the 80s whether or not boba fett had survived or not and you know you know about the interviews george lucas has stated so many times several times you can go back and look, and look at this that he did he was not okay with the way boba fett went out he had no idea he could not anticipate how successful how largely successful and popular the character was going to be and he and he would have taken it a different route he talks about that so 
many times. And so you have Boba Fett, and then you have Cobb Vanth, who is literally a few pages. This person is literally mentioned and has just a few tiny chapters inside the Aftermath series, which is one of the newest, oh sorry, which is one of the most, which is one of the first canon books in the new Disney timeline. You have three books, and the guy probably has six, a total of six pages in the entire trilogy of books. That's hundreds and hundreds of pages. And they take him out, and they create him. They make him as a brand new character for Star Wars. Tell me that is not such a love letter to Star Wars fans that have put so much money into the books and comics and that watch every little thing. Even people that continuously subscribe to the magazine and they give you those uh, very short stories to any like new book series. I, you know, they've done it a lot for the High Republic that has come out. Fan, and I just, it, it, to me, it's so good. Black Chrysanthemum. BK, the big boy. The big boy Wookiee coming in that was thrown out, that was <laughs> that was literally banned, banished from, man, from Kashyyyk, man. It, it, and it's so cool that they have him because he's actually, like, one of the most incredible Wookiees of all time. Like, this guy literally spent his days in a brawler, in, in, in a fight, fighting by himself. And it's it's incredible to see because, you know, Wookiees have this entire history of, of being enslaved. Uh, literally after Revenge of the Sith, you know, the Republic turned into the Empire and it's so sad because uh, it's another planet like Ryloth where it's like generational war over time. And there's a lot of planets in Star Wars that have had that. You know, Geonosis is one of them. You know about them and practically their entire race uh, went extinct. These are the, this is the race, the, uh, the bug aliens that you see in Attack of the Clones where Padme and Anakin are like struggling and then you know that's where the Jedi the excuse me the clone army kind of makes their first appearance uh and then of course you also have Ryloth the Twi'leks you know you all everybody knows Twi'leks by now they're all over the place now I think they're slowly becoming one of the most popular aliens in all of Star Wars just because how so many people are attracted to them and it's so funny because Twi'leks have always been that race that I don't know why. I mean, even Bo uh, even even George Lucas, for some reason, likes Twi'lex. You know, he, he was really a big fan of Darth Talon, and that was his plans for what he thought was going to be the sequel trilogy. So, so it's just it's just silly to see how popular these aliens have become. And of course, uh, yeah, their entire planet, their entire race, you know, that's generational war as well. And then they were also created as slaves. Some of them uh, sex slaves. It's just it's just terrible, terrible, terrible. But the Wookies uh, probably have one of the worst histories in all of Star Wars and it's sad because you know during that time the Empire was uh, Return of the Jedi and you know you go off and they try to save the Ewoks and it's actually crazy because the Ewoks were actually going to be uh, first the Ewoks replaced the Wookiees and they didn't like the idea of a whole bunch of Chewbacca's kind of being on a planet because then they would feel like the Empire would absolutely be at a disadvantage because you have a whole bunch of Chewbacca's on one planet and I kind of agree you know like this this Wookiee is sitting here he's a co-pilot he's the muscle <laughs> he shoots really well I mean like he's, he's there's not really things that he does bad in fact the only thing that I can really think that he's like terrible at is that you know he always thinks with his stomach and he's hungry and then of course he's afraid of like uh, the water or trash <laughs> you know like the Dianoga inside uh, a new hope which is hilarious because that's one of the only times that you ever see Chewbacca like scared of something every other time he's literally the muscle he's intimidating he's ripping people arms off but Black Chrysanthemum and the Wookiees they are they have all had this suffering they know they've all been enslaved they've all been a workforce and in the aftermath books the same books that Cobb Vanth was introduced in they talk about the history of the Wookiees and it, it was like a concentration camp it really was 
um, inside the book, you actually Han Solo has to go with these main characters, and they're trying to save Chewbacca because Han hasn't seen Chewbacca in in a long time, maybe even over a year. And it was kind of his fault that Chewbacca was captured. Not really, though. It, I mean, honestly, it really wasn't. But you know how Han is. He he's really hard on himself. He acts like a tough guy, but he's a big softy. You know, he really cares about his best friend. And I think it was like close to a year that he was lost, and they finally found the area inside i think it was i think it was kashik and it was it was far 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 away in this crazy like cubed like um ship that was inside one of the uh further forests uh on the entire planet um and, and like everything everybody was there there was a bunch of wookies that were there <clears throat> and they were used as slaves uh, some of them were like brawling and fighting and like the Empire was betting on them and that was just the start A lot of them also got shipped off. They never saw their planet again, and it was it was pretty terrible a very uh, Concentration camp Nazi-esque experience for these poor Wookiees and uh, it's very terrifying to uh, Imagine what type of suffering they have gone through and black chrysanthemum BK big BK is also a part of that, too uh, because he's also a Wookiee, and you kind of understand how he might have been forced into this warrior-like phase, uh, uh, and he also had problems with actual, like, Kashyyyk and other Wookiees, which is why he was banned. Uh, they have this trial of combat thing, too, kind of like where the Wookiee is becoming of age, and they're not allowed to use their claws, but Black Chrysanthemum is so big, such a badass, and, and, you know, he's using his claws, he's doing his thing, and that ultimately got him banished, you know, that, that got him excommunicated, so he left... Uh, and you know, then there's this whole war between the Transdosians and the Wookiees, and it's so crazy because they're literally like right next to each other. You have the planet Kashyyyk, and then there's a moon, Transdosia, and th these uh, reptile, these Transdosians, right? They're, you've seen a little of them uh, on the most recent episode. They're these lizards people. Uh, the one guy that gave Boba Fett though the Wookiee pelt, and he was like, "May you always stay in most Espa," you know, <laughs> like he told you that. And that's that's a Transdosian, okay? And they're like largely racist against Wookiees. They cannot stand Wookiees. They hate Wookiees. They hunt Wookiees out of pride and in game. Like, it's literally their call into life. That's that's their entire thing. So when you see them on the side, they're judging you. They're hella judging you for where you are because that's the type of society that they live in. And hopefully we're going to see Bosk, who is a Transdosian bounty hunter uh, later in the series. I would love to see him because it seems like Star Wars continuously goes inside the expanded universe. Uh, but BK has this weird relationship uh, with, like, hating Chewbacca. It's like a really big rivalry. And he's, it's so funny to see Black Santin in this with Boba Fett. They've worked together. They know us. I, I feel like Boba Fett should have at least acknowledged who Black Santin was. Um, but I think that scene was mainly to show you that Boba Fett is still more of a badass than he's ever been. He did not back down. He was not intimidated. Even when Black Santin was looking at him before he walked away, which was by far one of the coolest angles I've ever seen in Star Wars, man. Practical effects. Let's go. It looked so good. There was very minimal CGI on him. I'm sure there was probably some CGI to help his eyes and lips move and something else. Oh, man, but the subtle movements, and it just looks so good. I mean, CGI, I love CGI. I don't care what anybody says, because I'm a gamer. I've always seen it. But there's something about practical effects, the way they look. I remember watching The Force Awakens when it first came out, and just all the effects that they had. Everything looked like uh, it was real. It looked like it was so real. And, and that's what I feel like what makes these things super special. 
Now, yes, we have Black Chrysanthemum, you know, we have Boba Fett, and I'm very curious, like, is there going to be more of these characters? Are we going to have more Star Wars characters from the comics, from the books, uh, dipping into the, uh, the Mandalorian, dipping into the Ahsoka series, dipping into uh, finally making their appearance in Boba Fett? Because there's a lot of characters. But here's the thing, like, is that... Is that stunting Star Wars from a larger growth? You know, because it's 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 every character, every single fan of Star Wars is not like me, you know? And that's probably a good thing. But not like me in a sense that they haven't read everything, they haven't watched Star Wars Rebels, they don't know a lot of these characters. Um, and there's a lot of people that I was watching reactions to that had no idea who this Wookiee was. And it was really cool to see them because they all liked him. They all really appreciated how badass he looked, how, how large he looked, and he's a very menacing character. And this is a pretty this is pretty far away from the timeline that we've known him to be in because he's in the Doctor Afro comics. You know he's fought Kenobi. Kenobi gave him that scar on his head, uh, and he, you know that's that's quite a little ways away. That was when Luke was still very young on the farm uh, with Uncle Owen and and Aunt Beru. So yeah, he survived all of this. He survived the purge of the Empire, and he's still here in the Mandalorian esque timeline. Uh, which is really cool, because it gives me a lot of other questions about characters that a lot of people don't, don't know, like Dr. Afra, and usually where Black Chrysanthemum is, sometimes Dr. Afra is always kind of tangled in, because they have this sort of thing where Black Chrysanthemum is always trying to get money that uh, is owed from Dr. Afra, because Dr. Afra is that type of character, and it's so funny, and I, I, I would love to see Dr. Afra in this, in this show, um, but would she really be a part of it i'm not sure you know there's a lot of things that the book of boba fett is doing so well does it really need to amplify itself with expanded universe characters now these huts right we have, we saw the twins these are original characters i don't think i've ever seen them in any comics or books uh but you know the huts and their family they, they act like a mafia family and they ultimately are because they have a lot of influence inside the crime syndicate <clears throat> huts usually um, run a lot of things, especially during the Age of the Empires and in the Old Republic. You know, you have the Hut cartels. The Huts are always powerful. They're always a force to be reckoned with the crime syndicate. Um, but it seems like there was some type of issue. Boba Fett briefly mentions about the uh, debacle of Nalhada, which is kind of the Huts' home planet. So here's the thing now is like this is a really good example where people kind of saw that and it seems like the twins are going to be a large part of boba fett's uh struggle and the power to be a true lord a crime lord on tatooine because he's trying to absorb what jabba's original presence was his original empire and it's very awesome too because you know uh mak Shais, who of course was the ithorian that was talking with a translator um, who Boba Fett originally had sent, uh, who I thought sent the assassins, you know, he is, he, he's very, like, calm and, and uh, confident, and he's very to himself, but I like how he is. He's a character that I appreciate because he seems very strong, very powerful, <clears throat> and we're definitely going to have to watch him later in the series because he might be responsible for a lot of other things happening. You know, he also might be might, might be a snitch, so you never know what's going to be happening. <clears throat> but these characters, these Hut characters, yeah, Boba Fett really has a lot of work cut out for him. And on top of that, you have Black Crescent in there, who is a very strong adversary. Uh, it go, they go way back, and they've also worked together. So uh, we're going to see how this is going to work out, because Boba Fett didn't look like he's aged well. He's still uh, not completely healed, 
with what's going on with the Sarlacc. Um, and you hear in the first episode when he's inside that back to tank healing himself that the healing was suspended. He did not completely heal himself. And he's getting better every single day. But I think he needs to stay in that back to tank a lot longer to finally be completely healed. Now, what's really awesome is that they use so much from the expanded lore from before Disney even uh, had rights to Star Wars. And that was Boba Fett's like issue. He basically had cancer after the Sarlacc Pit. The Sarlacc Pit ultimately destroyed Boba Fett. He was not able to uh, age uh, like naturally, organically like he was supposed to. Because, yeah, you know, he had the uh, those... Uh, you know, those uh, fatal diseases inside of him. It was basically like cancer. So he had always needed back to tank. Um, and I love that kind of touch-up. There's a lot of people who are not okay with the way Boba Fett is right now. You know, they're, they don't, don't appreciate how he's not going out and blowing everybody's brains out. But that's, this is not how it's done. And even if Boba Fett was back in his prime time before he fell into the Sarlacc pit, I don't think that Boba Fett would understand the, the touch uh, and the finesse needed to kind of, you know, find the solution to this issue of running a crime lord family. You know, it, again, it is not bounty hunting. Bounty hunting is a complicated profession, but you're not running with the crime lords. You're not running with the syndicate. You're not keeping up with the family, and, and that's what it is. It is a mafia family. I mean, he can't even kill the huts without their permission. Now, he's going to get their permission because the huts are not liked by a lot of people. And I think he's going to have to get permission from a Crimson Dawn. And because Crimson Dawn usually runs everybody. And the Pikes too, you know? There's a lot of people that are on his side. And he has potentially a lot of power with the Tusken Raiders, with the ally, with the Pikes. And who knows? Maybe we're going to see someone from the movies. And I feel like we need to see someone from the movies to get a larger hook. Because there isn't no hook right now. You know, there really isn't. It's just kind of like Boba Fett going on and doing his thing because you want to see Boba Fett I mean dude this is probably the most hyped character of all of Star Wars because he wasn't even in the original trilogy for that long I think he's got a total of like seven minutes eight minutes <laughs> you know of, of like screen time and he's still like one of the characters that is literally the most beloved in all of Star Wars even though he died and was made completely comical looking like a joke of a bounty hunter you know and that is what honestly is so fascinating right that it's just Oh man, what a character to have that type of presence that he's so popular, even though he was one of the most, you know, underfulfilled characters in all of Star Wars. And now look at him, you know, he's still, he's regaining that. He's regaining that fame. He's regaining the fortune. And I love Boba Fett more than I've ever loved him. He wasn't that interesting to me before. He was just a bounty hunter that looked cool. Now he's got character. Uh, and there's a lot of theories out there, you know, is Boba Fett going to go back to Kamino, you know, to find his uh, DNA code and maybe the Kaminoans can, can heal him? I, that seems an incredible story, but I don't think we're going to get that. I, I personally just don't think that Star Wars is that good at storytelling right now because that just seems like... That's connecting a lot of movies. That That's connecting generational stuff. I mean, we didn't get that in The Rise of Skywalker as much as I wanted to, but, like, you have to think of, like, movies. You know, there's different generations of Star Wars, and ultimately, a lot of these directors and writers, they didn't like the prequels as much as the originals, so I feel like, at times, 
maybe they just kind of forget it. Although, The Mandalorian does have a lot of connections to the prequels. You know, you see uh, Death Watch in The Mandalorians and the flashbacks with Din Djarin, the main character from The Mandalorian. So you see that they do care uh, quite a bit about extending that lore and explaining to you why The Mandalorian is this way, why he doesn't take off his helmet, you know, this is the way, yada, yada, yada. And that's a lot of great examples tying back in to Star Wars Rebels, Clone Wars, and of course the prequel trilogy. Is Boba Fett going to do the same thing? Is the Book of Boba Fett going to show you, you know, about going back to Kamino? And they kind of have, actually. There, there, there really is the potential to set up these things because you have the flashbacks of the Book of Boba Fett showing you the waves of Kamino, showing you when he's so little and tiny and seeing Jango Fett fly off and do his thing. And it's actually crazy because that's not something that you would see Boba Fett doing, especially if only watching the original trilogy. You don't know. Like, you don't know the ties that he has to Jango Fett, his father. Uh, and I think that's one of the most amazing things that the prequels does, is giving you that layered character development from a character like Boba Fett, because it's arguably some of the only pieces that you have, unless you watch the Clone Wars and you see him struggle, you see him become what he was, you know, basically Rose, uh, you know, he was raised by uh, <laughs> uh, Cad Bane and Aura Singh and Bosk and Dengar, you know, all these shady characters who weren't necessarily like father and mother to him but we're kind of essentially all he's had with family and you know you get to see him kind of be a scrub and, and trying to fulfill his father's legacy which is very hard because Jango was one of the most revered bounty hunters in the galaxy like right there next to Cad Bane he was the best of the best uh, and then you have the comics that talk about you know who Jango Fett was and Boba Fett was also building his reputation at like the age of like nine where he's killing Rodians and stuff and you know trying to learn from his father it's like very vicious uh, but you also understand like reputation is everything for these bounty hunters and if it's not sound if it's not real well then he's not gonna get any jobs and he's gonna get double-crossed because fear is the ultimately the only thing that is enforcing who he is with not just uh, you know of course the bounties and the colleagues the bounty hunters that, he, that they're working with but also the buyers also the commissioners and everyone else that is basically paying him to go do these jobs and that's where the reputation comes in so is this Boba Fett now does he have an identity you know I think he does I think I think that's what it's showing you um and with the huts with all these characters that are inside the story you know this is actually coming from straight from the show the, itself so there really isn't a lot of characters being introduced from just comics and they're not really like holding a lot of the weight and kind of being supported by expanded universe characters that have been in the lore for a long time no it seems like it's just a good mixture of things and that is really the best the best thing that can happen is the greatest mixture of everything a combination of things collaborating into one you know polymerization right <laughs> the one formation evolution into one thing and i think that's what's so beautiful is you have the best of both worlds everybody can enjoy it that's why the mandalorian is so large and of course boba Fett is also doing well too because it has more viewers than Hawkeye from Marvel stuff and that's really good too if you're being Marvel of anything no matter how bad or you know not liked it is that's always fantastic that still shows that people have interest in Star Wars and if you love Star Wars you should be watching the book of Boba Fett because you're missing out and I really feel like the reason why we're getting all of these character shows you know we have the book of Boba Fett we have the Mandalorian and all the characters we have Ahsoka series coming out I think they're trying to do something big I think they're actually trying to make their own form of of endgame or you know 
uh, Star Wars Heir to the Empire, it really does seem like all of these episodes, all of these shows are kind of building into something a little bit more grand. And I can't wait to see that. What is going to happen, you know? Is Boba Fett going to be like the new Darth Maul where he unites the crime syndicate? Is he going to is he going to take back Mandalore and be Mandalore the Great like he was in the old comics and, and expanded universe books? I really doubt that. You know, that seems like more of Din Djarin's type of place right now because he doesn't want that. And But it seems like everybody that's good doesn't want something and they end up having it and they end up obtaining it, you know, or they need to do it because they're the only person that can do it. Man, there's just a lot of incredible components and aspects to the Star Wars universe right now in this Mandalorian-esque timeline. And the Book of Boba Fett is there, giving you expanded universe characters that you never thought of and creating characters that you've never heard of before. You know, like Maksha you know, like the Ithorian, you know, like this Twilight that is there, and, oh, man, it's just, I, I think that they have such a great job, and if they continue to do this, and their writing is sound, I don't think Star Wars is going to have bad days anymore, I think this is the right way, you build the stuff off, you make movies in the background, and you build these characters that everybody loves, oh, I can't wait, fam, I'm so excited, but hey, if you love the Expanded Universe characters, let me know. I want to know if you want to see more. I want to see a bunch. I can't wait for Bosk, Dengar, maybe even Aura Singh comes back from the dead. Cad Bane, everybody wants to see. You know it, fam. Give me Dr. Aphra, please. Give me Dr. Aphra. So bad I need it. Maybe Kyle Katarn, Dash Rengar, a couple of... You know who I want to see, actually? All right, so you're going to have to get your stuff. All right, Prince Zizor, man. That's who I want to see. I want to see Prince Zizor so freaking bad. Shadows of the Empire. I want to see him. Let's bring him in. Ah, it's got to happen, fam. One of the most powerful people in the galaxy of that time. I need to see him. Bring him in with Kira. Oh, man. And that's, and that's, that's the thing, is too, is like... I think that we need that, because there, yes, there is no hook right now, right? But the hook should be Star Wars. The hook should be Boba Fett, Back from the Dead. That, that to me is the hook. But you're getting close, and you're, and, and you're really defining and kind of uh, revealing the underbelly of Star Wars, which is something that hasn't been shown too much, is the under the underworld, you know, the crime syndicate, and that's a large part of Star Wars. And the underworld is so important. Mainly because of Solo, you know? Han Solo was in it, and that movie is so good. Go back and watch that. <sighs> Kira is inside the comics. She's been inside the comics for a long time. The actor has also talked about how she wants to come back to Star Wars. She loves that character. And she heard about the comics, too. And I think that she's even reading the comics because she loves her character so much. I think uh, something might be happening here. <laughs> and uh, I really want to see a live-action part of her. I, I feel like that is one of the things that needed that needs to happen the most with this series is that you need to see Kira. Han Solo and Lando, yeah, that'd be cool. I would, yes, of course, that, that's just way too much, you know? <laughs> but Kira coming back, I, I think it's perfect. You know, I think it's a perfect character to bring in. Uh, bring it in, you know, Solo doesn't seem to be happening, but I would like these characters to come back. These actors did very well in that movie. I actually think that movie is one of my most, like, secret favorites of Star Wars. It's that fun to watch. Um, yeah, bring it in. I want to see Kira. Anybody else want to see Kira? Anyway, fam, thank you so much for coming into the Dark Temple, visited by Meritade, Luke Skywalker, and Kyle Katan, and so many of the Force Sensitives like yourself. I hope you enjoy this weekend. Let's freaking go, fam. Get all the Star Wars. Follow the podcast. Make sure you go up and subscribe to my channel, and follow my Twitter, man. Let me talk about Star Wars with you. Let's freaking go. Apprentices and Acolytes. Radio. Deuces.